0: Welcome back to another episode of History Spelunkers, the show where I take a deep dive into an obscure topic from history, and I tell you all about what I find. I'm your host, Kelvin. I use he, him pronouns, and joining me today are my wonderful, fantastic, and curious co-hosts. Say hi, gang.
1: Hi, I'm Jamie. She, her pronouns.
2: Hi, I'm Ryan. He, him pronouns.
3: I'm Laura. Also, she, her pronouns.
2: Yeah, it's all of them. (laughs)
0: but uh welcome back gang uh we are back at it today with another summertime blockbuster episode uh kind Kind of of like series we're doing yeah a little (laughs) mini series uh you know i figured it being the summer we can do sort of summery movie topics sort of deal because it was fun and last time we did jaws which was the first blockbuster but today instead of going back into the ocean we're gonna turn our attention into a different direction outer space which is kind of back where we started about a year ago so if y'all are ready let's dive down the rabbit hole
1: who have not lost your sense of humor, I say, thank you. I got a letter from 13-year-old Ryan from Belfast. Now, Ryan, if you're out in the crowd tonight, here's the answer to your question. No, as far as I know, an alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in
2: 1947.
1: (laughs) And Ryan, if the United States Air Force did recover alien bodies, they didn't tell me about it either.
3: And I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds suspicious.
0: Suspicious sounding. Mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. Well, aliens, right? They're out there abducting cows, destroying cornfields, supporting the entire tinfoil industry. Basically, yeah. Uh... But what do y'all think? Are are they out there?
3: Um, okay, absolutely yes, but not in that way. Because it's a very I feel like we cannot comprehend going super deep immediately. I know we cannot comprehend like what aliens are and how they do things. You know, but like oh, cornfields. You know that that's a, that's in the middle of nowhere. But it's this is a really like human conception of that. But no, I don't think. That they're doing the stuff that is, like, stereotypical in alien movies and crap.
2: I would tend to agree. We have not been visited, but there have to be
3: out there, defi- there. Yeah, there definitely is. Just not in the cornfield maze type people, <laughs> Cornfield maze. You know? Or no, sorry, crop circles. Crop circles, that's what it is
2: in they, cornfields in they, might, they might as well make the cornfield mazes too you know that'd be fun <laughs> oh do they, do
1: they
3: not that's Wait, they they not? Mazes?
2: cornfield mazes are just a thing nobody can oh, no. solve
0: those I, I
3: thought they made those
0: <laughs> every Halloween they just go in yeah. cornfields across the country I and, and draw why. mazes all right that's okay. Right. uh what so do you, you think look, Jamie? Jamie I
1: mean I think there's probably aliens out there I mean there's so much of space that we, have, like, literally just can't even get to yet. But
3: I don't think they're over here messing with us. Just, it. I want to know, but I don't want to know. Because, like, both answers are scary, you know? If, like, we're being completely alone in all of the vastness of space, that is scary in itself, but it's also equally as scary of, like, no, you're not alone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my teachers saying that because he was kind of paranoid about the unknown I guess
2: hmm.
3: he's pretty old so maybe he hmm. was about dying but I don't know he was just
2: <laughs> it was like... a, no it was, about, it was about aliens for sure yeah right. aliens it's, yeah. it was
3: he was airing out his insecurities before he retired <clears> The <throat> weird dude
2: I
0: see well the reason I bring this up is because, uh, I don't remember, but it was about a year ago where it was all in the news that the Pentagon admitted UFOs were a real thing. Um,
1: oh, I remember and that, that. the government
0: was, like, keeping track of them and had all these incidents that they couldn't explain. Yeah, because they are unidentified flying objects. objects. Yeah. I just don't
1: think they're from space.
0: Well, so uh, Congress made the Pentagon publish this report, and then... Uh, Actually, a couple months ago, they had public hearings about it, and they admitted that the intelligence community has a database with more than 400 entries of UFOs, except they no longer call them UFOs. They are Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs.
1: Yeah, because there's such a
3: stigma around UFOs. UFOs. Yeah, I get
1: that. That's smart. Like, if you say UFO, people automatically
3: assume, like, oh, aliens...
0: Oh, flat earthers. Oh, yeah. like all the, the crazy shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> <call>
2: them
3: <out. laughs> No, they need to be called out. Uh, but... Hey,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, oh good, wow. Nice. nice. Bravo. Oh, Snaps. Stop. I'm here for the quips. <laughs> Snaps all around. But, uh, yeah, these hearings, of course, have thrown fuel to the fire for different conspiracy theorists because it's like, they're admitting that it's real and aliens is like they just have unidentified flying objects but you know it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about and so uh today we're actually going to uh delve into some of the more famous or the most famous uh ufo incident uh at roswell i'm assuming you all have heard of it yep. uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and so we're going to start there today telling you about roswell about all that went down, and then uh, we'll go into some other sort of famous incidences that happened around the same time, uh, maybe even long before that, and some stuff more current. And I guess we will decide by the end of this what actually went down. So,
2: hmm. y'all ready? Yeah. Do
0: it. Okie dokie. So, the year is 1947. World War II has just ended. And the world is bracing itself to destroy itself in nuclear Armageddon between the U.S. and Soviet Union. So, fun time to be alive. And in the middle of all this stuff going down, beginning in World War II, the fighter pilots over Europe began seeing some strange things in the sky um, that would just, like, make weird patterns, flashing lights, and then just mysteriously vanish. In fact, the phenomenon was so common that they actually had a name. Foo Fighters. Which is...
2: The Foo Fighters. Yeah, the band. A, oh my god. Oh, I was going to say... Have you ever I, seen I, a wild foo? You can thank your servicemen, the Foo Fighters.
3: <laughs> I am not cultured enough, apparently, because I, I, I've heard of that before. Yeah. But I automatically think movie and not the band name. probably enough.
2: pretty racist Kung Fu Fighting, by the way. Is it the Foo Fighters? I Kung oh the song the song like, kung fu fighting uh, yeah. everybody was, was kung, kung fu. Fu. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, yeah is it the is it the foo fighters? No. Doesn't so. close to the foo fighters cut this out of the episode. <laughs> Never mind. I'm an idiot. Uh, I I've
3: already been an idiot
2: once.
0: I, I need fine. to know shit. Anyways, uh it was June 24th, 1947. Uh, when a civilian pilot named Kenneth Arnold was flying over Washington State when he claimed to have seen a series of nine bright objects flying with him in the sky near Mount Rainier. He was unable to identify them, and when he landed, he asked a couple people about it, and they had no idea what it could have been. So the next day, he began talking to some local reporters, and... The story that they wrote blew up nationwide. Went viral for a newspaper, I guess. But uh, these interviews, he described the lights to look like flying discs or flying saucers.
2: Which is how
0: the term (laughs) got coined to the popular imagination. Interesting. And that was the first post-World War II UFO sighting in the United States. And it is widely considered to mark the beginning of the modern UFO age, which was exactly 75 years ago. Well.
2: Wow! Well.
0: After this sighting, through the rest of the summer, there was a rash of flying saucer sightings. And by July 9th, there were reports in every state in the U.S., even some in Canada, and by the end of the year, over 800 reports were made. Wow. The most famous of these being in Roswell, New
2: Mexico.
3: You went there recently.
2: I did, a few years ago.
3: Is there like a Space McDonald's or something there?
2: Yes, they it's do the, they have yeah. a Space McDonald's. It's the Space McDonald's. It's the most fun McDonald's I've been in. Besides the... You know, a whole the, bunch of arcade no, games and...
3: There was the bigger one in one Orlando, lame. but... <laughs>
2: I don't know. Like the space space one is a cool is a cool themed one though. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's a fun place. Second
0: best.
2: It's the best. (laughs)
0: Uh, But yeah, so Roswell, one night in the middle of June, on actually not in Roswell, but in the small town of Corona, which is north of there. Roswell is the closest big city. Mm -hmm. And it's not that big. Big city. <laughs> but uh, it was on a ranch outside the small town of Corona, New Mexico. Something fell from the sky and crashed into the ranch of Mr. W.W. W. Mac Brazel oh, Mac. The wreckage debris ended up covering uh, the span of over a half mile. And... Brazil didn't really think much of it. He gathered up what he could and piled it up onto his property. And he was eventually going to throw it away, get rid of it. On the night of July 5th, he went into town to deal with some stuff. And up until this point, he was unaware of the whole flying saucer craze that was going around. Because the thing crashed before flying saucer became a term. And then he was stuck on his—well, he wasn't stuck, but he was on his ranch for at least 10 days preceding the night he went into town. And so there was no way he could have heard of it because there were no phone lines or any of that stuff on—there were no radios on his property. So there's no way he could have heard of this. But whenever he went down—when he went into town, everyone was talking about it, obviously— And so that got him to thinking, hey, maybe I got something. And so he goes back to his property, picks up the debris, and on the morning of July 7th, Monday, he took the wreckage into Roswell to show the town sheriff. The sheriff was also confused by what he was shown, and so they called the Roswell Army Airfield to get some answers intelligence officer, Major Jesse Marcel, was ordered to investigate the wreckage. And so they go out to the property with Brazel, and they gather up some more debris. The next day, Marcel takes these materials that he's gathered to his commanding officer on the airbase and the commanding officer immediately orders those materials to be flown to Fort Worth for further examination. And a press release was issued by First Lieutenant Walter Haught to the public, saying that the military had recovered a flying disc.
2: Yeah. They were just taken. They. It, this was a recent story, and then all of a sudden, now they have unidentified. So they just immediately go to this wreckage. Is yeah, that's awesome. There's no other conclusion. That's yeah.
3: exactly what it is. There's no option.
0: Later that same day. The military staff in Fort Worth claimed that upon further inspection, the materials recovered were part of a weather balloon, <laughs> and they had the statement about a flying disc retracted. <laughs> and there was a famous photo of Marcel taken with the debris, and here it is, of him posing holding the debris, what looks to be a big pile of like tinfoil paper and sticks. <laughs> Sticks and like little rubber <laughs> gaskets. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. So yeah, it thus ended the Roswell incident. That after it was like, oh, it's actually a weather balloon. People didn't think about it anymore, and we got this photo. So people
2: didn't really think about it. So what do you think? I think it. I mean, if it's
3: a weather, yeah, balloon, it, it's a weather balloon, it's a weather balloon. It's a weather balloon. So we're fine.
2: But it was taken to the military, and they're the ones covering it up. And so that's why it can't be trusted. It's a weather balloon. So
0: we jump Mm -hmm. forward a few Mm -hmm. decades to 1978 when a UFOologist or a UFO researcher, whichever term you prefer. Mm -hmm.
3: Why why not a ufologist?
0: A ufologist? (gasps) There you go. It has letters
3: in it. But
0: you don't say it's a UFO.
3: Okay, well. Ufologist. I'm trying to be be (laughs) clever with the wording, okay?
0: I see Um, Anyways, 1978, a ufologist named (laughs) Stanton Friedman interviewed Jesse Marcel, the person who is in the photo holding the tinfoil. And at that point, Marcel had retired from the military. And in the interview, Marcel said he still believed the items recovered were not from a weather balloon. And they were not any familiar. They were not any material that he was familiar with. Possibly not even from this world.
3: That's a that's a that, that's, that's a, a really that's a big
1: lead. bold statement
3: to make. It's, okay, just because you
1: have he was
0: saying way. that as an intelligence officer, he knew everything that was being used to build planes, and he kind of described the metal as being like super thin, but you couldn't bend it really or damage it. And you could take a sludge hammer to it. It wouldn't do anything, but it was super light and he had no idea what it was. And uh, in more interviews were conducted and Stanton Friedman determined that there had been a massive cover-up regarding the incident. Eyewitnesses claimed that the materials recovered, like I said, were impossibly strong for the dimensions and The foil supposedly had the ability to return to its shape after being crumpled up, like memory foam or something, right? Mm.
3: Cool.
0: Um, They alleged that the famous photo was staged and that those weren't actually the materials recovered, that it was just something thrown there as part of the cover-up. Some even claim that there were extraterrestrial bodies recovered at the crash site. All these revelations and more came out in subsequent books in the 80s and 90s, thus reigniting the controversy, and it's turned it into the pop culture phenomena that it is today. Believers claim that their evidence is all these eyewitness accounts from the people of Roswell and the community at the time, including Jesse Marcel and Walter Hunt, the person who issued the press relief. Who both still believe that
2: the recovered materials uh, were extraterrestrial in origin? Have they given much, like, time to ask that WW the farmer guy? Has he gone in on the interview?
0: He was interviewed, and he, from the interviews, he was like, he basically said that he was being harassed by people, and that he was sorry he ever brought it up. Damn mm.
3: poor guy. Cover up.
0: Yeah, And perhaps what's even more convincing, if you don't believe eyewitnesses, is the fact that the U.S. government admitted that there was, in fact, a cover-up at Roswell.
2: Oh. See, but this is right after World War II, where the government has secrets. That's not a question. It's just a matter of how big the secrets are. So when somebody says... Hey, I found this crash site. Then the government's going to be like, "Oh, was that something that is not public knowledge yet that we don't want out?" It's not like the most serious. Like, oh, is it a Black Hawk? Like, okay, mm-hmm. is this new technology that we haven't released yet that we don't want the public to see? Or is it like that much of a cover up? You know, it's like if it's unidentified, they don't want the wrong people seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be could be commies <laughs> hiding like in the commies. hiding in New Mexico. Yeah. Who knows? What a
3: place to hide.
2: Uh-huh. Where nobody would expect them.
3: Well, go to Nevada. Or Nevada. <laughs> Nevada?
2: Nevada. I it was just as middle of nowhere. Yeah. I was going to say... Okay. It's all the middle go of nowhere. Go from one desert to another. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say
3: Oklahoma, but you have... You know people there, so it's... Of middle of nowhere.
2: I'm sorry to all people in Nevada. And <laughs> or Oklahoma. And in any Nevada. state, really. Yeah. It's Nevada. Sorry. Is it really? Yes. But, uh... But yeah, so in
0: 1994, the U.S. Air Force released a report admitting that there was, in fact, a cover-up. Not because there were aliens, but because what happened in 1947 was actually part of a top-secret espionage project known as Project Mogul. Basically, instead of a weather balloon, it was just a really fancy weather balloon that had been equipped with microphones so they could detect nuclear testing in the Soviet Union. Cool. So this spy tech was being covered up. They also claim that any reports of alien bodies have two possible explanations. One, people are simply confusing the Roswell incident with a similar incident that occurred in Aztec, New Mexico, a year later in which a bunch of quote-unquote alien corpses turned out to be a hoax that some kids or whatever were playing. Mm-hmm. And that they're just confusing the two incidents together in their mind because they didn't think about it until 30 years later or whatever, right? Or two, that the remains of these aliens were actually anthropomorphic dummies that were used in another top-secret government testing called Operation High Dive, which was testing high-altitude parachutes. Hmm. Of course, UFO truthers believe that the admittance of a cover-up is yet another attempt at a cover-up and argue that Operation High Dive wasn't a thing until the 1950s. So how could it be used at Roswell?
2: But it's top secret,
0: so how do we know when it started? And they also note that in these reports that all files from January to October of 1947 from the Roswell Air Base have mysteriously been destroyed, and they don't know who authorized it. That's want, a fun to, one. I
3: don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but man, yeah, <laughs> perhaps, was, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps
1: they're right on this one. Mm-hmm.
3: Just this one, though.
2: There's some shady stuff,
0: so... Yeah, that's uh the basic gist of the Roswell incident.
2: Um I do I do have to say, I, I hate to discredit anything too quickly or anything, but it was really funny going into the like main museum they have there. I walked in, bought my ticket, and as you walk in there's a big like half wall that uh-huh. has like the open like an opening paragraph of this is what the museum's about, you know. A really quick gist of what it is and just to say, you know, it's basically a disclaimer saying none of this is proven and you can't hold us liable for anything we say in here. Yeah. But also it was really funny because I found multiple typos on this like nicely like (laughs) placard wall. Like I think it's a glass sheet that's Um, like laser etched with it and it's, there's typos on it, which I'm sorry that you can proofread if you're (laughs) a conspiracy theorist, but I, I just found that funny. Of an but inconsistency, I, that, <laughs> you of course are referring to the
0: UFO museum in Roswell. That would be correct. Yes, the, I think it's like the International UFO Museum or something. I cannot remember the name. But probably uh, the
3: only one. That's why it's the international.
0: Yeah, museum. it's the museum. But yeah, the, the city of Roswell loves his stuff. It's great for tourism. They got mm-hmm. the, the McDonald's. UFO McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They got the UFO museum. There's a little green man on their state seal. I mean, not their their city seal or whatever. Wow. It's uh it's a fun little town. They to think like their minor league baseball team is like the ETs or something
2: like that. Well, that's where I brought it. bought your rock tree.
3: Oh yeah, you got yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool
2: rock out. shops and stuff, you yeah. Know, desert town kinda of thing, kinda mm-hmm. feel. But um so yeah.
0: Now knowing all this information, well, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know,
1: man. I think there was something weird going on. I just don't know if I believe that it was alien.
2: It's a bit of a leap too. Yeah.
1: I mean like obviously it seems like the government Was trying to cover something up I don't know if they're being honest about what they were trying to cover up Because yeah. it's the government Why would they be honest um, But I don't think it was aliens
2: True
0: true, true. Well So that was the most famous one And we'll go into a couple more Famous UFO things or That are noteworthy in some way To maybe give y'all Some more things to voice An opinion about But uh, our next incident uh, occurred in early January of 1948. So these are all happening right around the same time. But this one was at the Godman Army Airfield in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Multiple reports that night uh, came out that there was like a bright light in the sky. Mm -hmm. All from all around the airfield, people were reporting things in. And there are four fighter planes already in the sky, and they were ordered to go investigate. And as they came close to the light, uh, the light began to retreat up into the sky, and the pilots followed in pursuit. One pilot had to turn back because he was low on fuel, and the other two, as this light is rising up into the sky, basically just straight up, Uh, They got out to an altitude of 22,500 feet before they decided to pull back. And the fourth and final pilot, Captain Thomas Mantrell, he continued in pursuit of the UFO. Tragically, after passing the altitude of 2,500 feet, he lost consciousness due to lack of oxygen and the plane entered a downward spiral and crashed in a field on the Kentucky-Tennessee border, making Mantrell the first person to be killed by a UFO.
3: Wow. Hmm. Um, was Was it the sun?
2: Was it the sun? The retreating sun? I mean... So, subsequent reports
0: from the military claim that he had either been chasing the planet Venus, or yet another top-secret weather balloon from a different government project called Project Skyhook. But...
1: They just conveniently have so many, like, top-secret projects that happen to line up with all of these sightings. Yeah. That is a little weird. I will say
0: that. And they all just happen to be weather, weather balloons.
1: balloons. <laughs> weather how, balloon? how many top-secret weather balloon projects does the government have?
3: I actually saw a weather balloon for the first time, like, the other day. I don't know if you were around, but I think it was... It didn't look like your normal, like, hot air balloon. It just kind of looks gross. There's no I ask mean, it's it just because
0: no. they get so huge is... Yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, and, of course, truthers are like, no, he was actually chasing a UFO, and they think that, like, the UFO might have, like, struck Blacking him with over. a laser beam or something, you know?
1: Oh, mm. oh, no. Yeah, I don't know if he was actually chasing a UFO, but I will say... It's a little sus that every time this happens, the government's like, oh, it was just a weather balloon from one of our secret projects. Just
3: our weather balloon projects. How much can you do with weather balloons?
2: That's what they they were trying to figure out in the 40s. What can you
3: do?
2: They were trying to answer those questions. The
3: burning (laughs) questions.
2: The burning questions of what can you use weather balloons for? (laughs) Don't we all want to know?
3: Oh, we know now, apparently. Yeah, see? See?
2: Thank you, government. Mm -hmm. So you can't blame
3: (laughs) the weather balloons anymore.
2: Uh...
0: But, uh, so yeah. Uh, Another incident, also in 1948, this time occurred in October near Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo. Fargo. uh, uh, This time George F. Gorman was doing some night flying in order to get some hours in or whatever and he noticed a, another pilot flying near, it was like a a high school football game or something and so he, it was him and this other plane that was super far below him but both of them noticed that there was another what seemed to be another plane in the sky a light that didn't belong to either of them and so uh, he proceeded to put the plane into top speed uh, almost 400 miles an hour he, he's flying like a military jet or not jet but a plane he was in like the national guard or something and uh, so, yeah, he's gone 400 miles an hour, and he produ- pursued the light to try and identify it. And he proceeds to go on a 30-minute chase in the sky above Fargo, doing all sorts of these aerial maneuvers, trying to catch this light. And he still can't catch it, going at top speed. And after a bit, the light left his visual range and began climbing up into the sky. So, Mantrell returned to the airbase, and in Gorman's sworn accounts to the investigators, he believed that the object he was chasing had, quote, definite thought behind its maneuvers, end quote, and that he temporarily blacked out on a couple of times because of the sheer G-forces from the turns he was having to take, and that the object... No pilot could be going that fast and do all the stuff and remain conscious, going faster than he was. And, uh, yeah, so that incident is known as the Gorman dogfight. The government, of course, uh, it says that he was chasing either the planet Jupiter or, uh, yet another weather balloon.
3: Oh my god! God. (laughs) No!
0: But in this I, one, I'm it's so like I'm so
1: sure that he was chasing a weather balloon. As yeah, like a weather balloon like, goes
3: 400 miles per hour.
0: Yeah, they just weather balloons
2: go straight up. up. They they, they just don't
0: float
1: z- around.
2: Ju- I don't remember Jupiter flying around either. Uh,
3: no, what if it's like it's one of those like you put. You know, like you attach something to a dog and then it runs away and it's like following him. You know what I mean? Oh, so, so it's it, one of those. the weather
2: balloon is attached to the plane. There was like a <laughs> circle. Okay,
3: but backwards.
0: It there was, like was a really weird
2: chasing. like reflection on his mirror that was like, oh, it's always oh. to the right of me. That's also a common
0: explanation in a lot of these incidents. Is like, no, you have a smudge on your window, actually.
3: Actually, no. Mm. It could be like a, you know, you like hit a bird on your on your screen and just. Why do they keep saying they were, like,
1: chasing, like, Venus or Jupiter? Like, when those are in the sky, they're, like, stationary. They Or, like, as they move across the sky during mm-hmm. night, it's slow. It's, it's an hours-long The process. reason they
0: say is because they are not always in the sky. You know, they uh-huh. go through their phases yeah. or whatever. But they are just abnormally bright when compared to other stars. But...
1: But it wouldn't be moving but around.
0: But Believer's... Point that out. They're like,
1: you're, you're turning into a UFO truther. Are you, a, <laughs> oh, Are you no. a ufologist? Yeah, a ufologist. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Um. So yeah, <laughs> it's.
1: <laughs> you know, you would think they would come up with a better excuse than a weather balloon, or they were chasing a stationary object in the sky. This was a
2: revolutionary new weather balloon. Yeah, that. Drives around at 500 miles an hour. And it
3: has a missile attached to it. That's why it's- <laughs> It has a destination to go
2: to. Because you gotta shoot the commies in the sky. Yeah,
3: but, like, the sky says the weather. That's probably what it was.
2: You gotta make it lighter, so it's gotta have a balloon attached to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the
3: only thing that, like, would go faster, I guess, is, is a freaking missile. Uh, but, yeah.
2: Or, uh, or a secret plane that the government's covering um, up. Mm, oh, boy.
3: But,
2: uh... Yeah, of course, you know, one
0: possible explanation for this, like, why do they can't come up with anything better than a weather balloon is, like, well, maybe it is actually just a weather balloon, and they just got a lot of weather balloons, but <laughs> it's a weather I don't know. Hmm. I don't
3: know. I don't I don't buy it. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily they are UFOs, but it does seem like the, they're hiding something. They're <laughs> hiding something.
0: Um, but, so yeah, and all these incidents that we said before, you know, we haven't actually seen the ufo like there weren't photos taken of them we didn't really have video cameras just readily available for the mass population and so uh the first known photos of a flying saucer were taken by the trent family outside of mcminnville oregon in may of 1950 the two photographs are probably some of the most One of the two is one of the most famous UFO photos ever taken. And uh, multiple investigations into the film negatives have determined that they were not altered in any way as far as, like, editing them or whatever back in the day. Which has led some people to believe that they are indeed authentic images of a UFO. Uh, skeptics point out that just because the photo wasn't altered doesn't mean it wasn't staged.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I will show you them and you can determine for yourselves. It's a
3: UFO! It's
2: a football! There's there's a kid to the left on the roof that just hucked a frisbee off. Yeah, what I was
3: saying that yeah, could
1: be a frisbee, a frisbee, that could be a ball, that could be like a piece of wood that they just threw.
0: And here is another one from a
2: slightly different in the sky. That's an umbrella that caught some wind.
3: Yeah, it actually. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. That's what it looks like. You just don't see the little like the hook part of a Little end.
2: dude sitting on a saucer, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So y'all don't sound to think that those are legit photos. It doesn't seem. Mm, no, no, it's they're, legit
2: they're f- no, it's a legit. No, it's a legit photo. It's A well, frisbee,
0: yeah. Uh, the the throwing thing actually is uh, one explanation that people have offered is that the image looks very much like the, uh, m- side mirror on a old truck mm. or a hubcap. I've heard that one too. A or a hubca- Yeah. Um, but either they chucked it and took a photo or they've hung it from a very thin, like, piece of fishing wire to the electric wires that are on the top of the photo. Hmm. But, uh, Yeah. Now we have the first UFO photos, U-photos, if you uh, will.
3: Oh god. Why, why would they be flying that low anyway? Like, that's, you know...
2: They're they not low, them. it's just they're super big in the sky. Oh, oh. They big. could also be landing. They want to want to hang out. Well, like, how,
3: how dumb would you be to go try and land somewhere where there's, like, houses, you know? Like, uh, you think they would know better. You
2: don't know their motives? That's Wait, where the
0: people are, done. so you can abduct them. Obviously.
3: Well, you want like the one farmer that's in the field.
0: So yeah, can... nobody's
2: gonna miss them. We'll
3: make their you know. Corn they're in the middle mazes. of nowhere. No, that's how it works. You you make the corn maze, the aliens <laughs> too, and then you go. The farmer gets really confused. And he like follows the maze. He gets lost. So it's only him around or she. I should say she. Um, and then <laughs> this is the forties. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Okay. Girls but, yeah. can be
0: farmers too.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Not in the forties.
3: And so it's it's the one person lost in a cornfield. That's how they get abducted. That's why I thought they did the cornfields was that's how they got them. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? That is a story. You made that way. up. <laughs> not, no, I've heard this. It's real. Trust me. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Signs? It's Mel Gibson.
1: I've seen part of it. Yeah. yeah. I have. What's
2: what's like the short film or something that I watched not too long ago. I think I watched it with you. Where the entire movie is, there's nothing too much hinted at, but it's a small town, there's a basketball game, or like the... The the Vast of Night. The Vast of Night. That's a very good movie. Okay,
0: Uh, Amazon, sponsor us, please. This is an amazing movie. In the Vast of Night on Amazon Prime, it is... As far as like building, like you said, you don't really see a whole lot of stuff going on, but it's small town, New Mexico same time period but they a couple of kids working at a radio station and everyone in town is at the basketball game uh, except for the kids working the radio and so they are just playing music and something interrupts the broadcast a weird noise and so then they try going around town trying i, I think we all watched it yeah
1: together. i'm like we watched this we watched this
0: and, and yeah so th- anyways they go on the and someone calls in and is like, I've heard these noises before back when I was working for a government on this airbase, you know. And it's such a good as far as building this tense atmosphere and building up to, you know, not going to spoil it or anything. But, yeah, go watch it. Just Amazon. Bezos, please. Yeah, if you're listening, buddy. <laughs> hey, okay, bud. Hey, hey, bud. Hey, <laughs> bud. Uh, but, yeah, so those are those are like the most famous UFO building the ideology in our head of mm-hmm. how a UFO works um, but if you go kind of like back in time you know people didn't have the concept of UFO aliens and stuff that we have today so you could argue that well if they saw stuff really long ago then they're not hoaxing it because they wouldn't have this they wouldn't think to try to fake something like that, right? Is what some people would say. But uh, actually the first like UFO panic, similar to the summer of 1947, occurred um, during the winter and spring of 1896 to 1897. And, This was a panic of, quote, mystery airships or phantom airships that people reported seeing all over the country. It started really in California and then kind of went westward as it expanded. But um, yeah, for about eight months, there was, again, hundreds of different reports. Of course, (laughs) most of them have been explained away since then or were just like, They were just writing stories because other people were. But uh, my favorite account is kind of interesting. And so this one came from Aurora, Texas in April of 1897. So at the very tail end of this panic. And Aurora is a small town in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. And on the morning of April 18th, saw something pretty weird. And so I'm going to read you the newspaper clip that describes what happened from back then. A windmill demolishes it, is the headline.
3: Okay. About (laughs) six o'clock
0: this morning, the early risers of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship which has been sailing through the country. It was traveling due north and much nearer the earth than ever before. Evidently, some of the machinery was out of order, for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour, and gradually setting toward the earth. It sailed directly over the public square, and when it reached the north part of town, collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill, and went into pieces with a terrific explosion, shattering debris over several acres of the ground. Wrecking the windmill and water tank, and destroying the judge's flower garden. I should be reading this in like an
2: old timey accent, you know, mm-hmm. but a very tinny yeah. like sound to the yeah. To this tinny, part. Tinny, tinny. Uh, anyways, uh, the pilot of the ship
0: is supposed to have been the only one on board, and when his remains and while his remains are badly disfigured, enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world. Mr. T.J. Weems, the United States Signal Service officer at this place and an authority on astronomy, gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet Mars.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Papers were found on his person. Evidently, the record of his travels and they are written in some unknown hieroglyphics that cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or locomotive power. It was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat a mixture of aluminum and silver, and it must have weighed several tons. Again, this is before airplanes were a thing, so. The town is full of people today, who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. So the alien got buried in the town graveyard.
3: No. The well, alien. I, that's a very easy thing to like prove now. Just go dig him up. Go search him.
2: I also, I also, yeah. I also like the thought that it's... Earlier today, this happened, and we cannot decipher it. It's like, you've had, like, an hour. Like, <laughs> not everybody in the town of whatever this town was will know different languages. So, like, we can't decipher it. It's like, you gave it 30 minutes, Unknown bud. Unknown
3: hieroglyphics is yeah. racist. Come on.
2: <laughs> but So,
0: yeah, you're saying just go dig up the body. Well, in 1973, the Mutual UFO d- Network, a.k.a. MUFON...
1: Ugh. I don't like
0: that. Um, they conducted an investigation and discovered an oddly marked grave at the cemetery and some eyewitnesses who were children at the time who were there when the wreck happened. And they used, like, ground radar and stuff and detected that there was a mass of something in the ground... But whenever they asked for permission to exhume the remains of the grave, they were refused. And when a subsequent group followed them and showed up a couple years later, the marker had been mysteriously removed and they could no longer detect any remains using sonar.
3: Someone took it in the night. But who?
0: Some. But who? QX-Files music. Doo doo doo.
3: Can, can you put that
0: in? I can put some. Yes. Egg.
3: Okay,
0: <laughs> about two seconds. Already. Yeah, two seconds. Copyright. Do do I'll you. Need is, is that
3: part of it? Do do do.
0: Yeah, but um yeah. What do y'all think about the Aurora incident? I, this, I mean,
3: I definitely don't think it was something from Mars.
0: Like, okay,
1: proven, like
0: The expert, obviously. There,
3: there, there's no people on. Like, there's there's the there's, rover on Mars right now. Yeah yeah and like it hasn't unless like hiding from the little the little guy that's running around and picking up samples and stuff always
0: standing right behind the rover yeah like
3: is that wait didn't the rover get like pushed over or something or like he fell over no something like opportunity oh i don't know the name it got
2: covered by like martian dust and so it just i thought it
3: either like knocked over or like got caught in a rock or like something like it no,
1: it go. got like covered in sand. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> got it, all tra- yeah,
3: it oh, no. charge itself. Not at its feet, That's
1: terrible. Yeah, because don't don't you remember they like <laughs> they like made that playlist to like try and wake it up? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Aw. Sad story. We miss you, Oppie. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs>
1: Rip.
3: <laughs> Rip take care uh-huh. So no, the, the the papers on his person that said he was from like what what would it have said? That you can't read the hieroglyphics that's on it so like how did you know that he was from mars
2: where else would he be from yeah
3: i don't the other 12 planets that there are or the other seven planets whatever how many planets are there i don't
2: know how many he's but... from the 12th planet okay. planet x yes <laughs> <laughs> um
1: also i'd like to point out they the people who showed them where the grave was were kids when it happened right
0: well they discovered the grave on their own but they like Eyewitness. Yeah, they were kids. Um, I think they found two. Of course, they were super old by that point.
2: Uh-huh.
0: One of them didn't actually see it because he wanted to, but his dad was like, no, nah, you need to work mm-hmm. on a farm. Cow farm. Cow farm. <laughs> Cow farm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, he didn't actually get to see it, but I don't know about the other one if they actually
2: saw it. I'm I just think. saying,
1: maybe they had like the wrong grave. And that's why people are like, no, you can't dig it up.
2: That's my grandpappy. Yeah, that,
1: that's my grandpappy. You <laughs> <laughs> ain't thinking about oh, my, my grandpappy.
2: But it's also kind of a weird request just to walk into a cemetery yeah. and be like, yo, that's that looks weird. Let's check it out. Well, the the town, like, they sort of
0: have it as part of their town identity. They have, like, a historical marker and stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that weird that they wouldn't let them... Yeah, up. I yeah.
3: I don't think that's a I think that's illegal. Suspicious
1: thing.
0: Not if you get permission.
3: Well, okay. The person that, that he
2: was an illegal. No, <laughs> he was he was buried there. We had no documentation. He was an alien. They <laughs> <You> can <laughs> dig <laughs> him up.
3: <laughs> that's terrible.
0: But uh, so yeah, um, and then one last incident that we will discuss is uh, jumping back into the future. Uh, you know, common line, you know, you think of, oh, who would know if UFOs are a thing? The President of the United States. And they might actually tell you because they only work the job for four years. And if they get told something, you know, they would tell us, right? No. Yeah, that's a thought. Well, yeah, usually they're no. like, well, I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you heard Bill Clinton at the start of the episode. is. <laughs> He didn't know anything about it. Uh, If you had to guess, which president is the most likely to have seen a UFO? To have seen a UFO? To have physically seen a UFO.
1: Like, personally?
0: Wait, so, a president has had a UFO incident experience. They witnessed a UFO.
2: Uh, I would be surprised if
3: you said George Bush. I'm gonna guess Reagan.
2: Who's your guess? Carter. He's a 96, 98 year old man. He's gonna tell us soon. Bravo. Jimmy (laughs) Carter. Good
3: job, right?
2: Old Jimothy.
0: Jimmy. Jimmy boy.
3: Is Reagan even alive anymore? Is that. No, he died um, in like 2005 or something. Okay, sorry. mm. Did not know that. Uh,
0: But yeah. uh, James. Jimmy. Jimbo. Jimbo Carter. Uh, he experienced deciding in 1969 before he was in politics, uh, before he was governor of Georgia and the president and all that stuff, as a measly peanut farmer, as they say. (laughs) Well, one evening in 1969, he was giving a speech to a community organization when a person in the crowd pointed out that there was a weird light in the sky about 30 degrees above the horizon, and it was as bright as the moon. And it's like seven o'clock at night or something, and so uh, the light moves towards the crowd and stops, kind of behind some trees. And there, it changes colors a couple of times. So white light, and then changes to blue, turns to red, goes back to white, and then it moves up into the sky and disappears. Hmm. And all was only about ten minutes, but, uh, yeah. So, Carter, he's been talking about having seen this thing for a really long time. Because this happened back in 69. People knew about it whenever he ran for president. Um, In 1973, he reported the incident to the International UFO Bureau in Oklahoma City. (laughs) And uh, while he admits that the object is, by definition, a UFO... Uh, Carter doesn't believe in aliens, so he doesn't think it was an alien spaceship.
2: Mm.
0: But, uh, yeah, but the incident uh, led him to say that he would be transparent if he found out anything as president about the incident. But uh, he later backtracked this, claiming, quote, national defense implications. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, fair enough.
0: But it's like, what national defense implications are there about UFOs? Hmm? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Aliens? Space Mm -hmm. Force. Yeah, that's what the Space Force is for. That's what it is. UFO sightings. But, yeah, so. George Bush was a good guess. I'm surprised he hasn't seen anything. Yeah. He would be the type of person to talk about it, so. (laughs) he would. Because that's
1: what I was saying. I was like, I feel like if George Bush saw a UFO... We'd know
0: about it immediately. Yeah. Like, he'd be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, like, uh, we'll wrap this up with, uh, when we started the episode talking about the U S government admitting that they keep tabs on this type of thing. And it's like, well, why would they keep tabs on it if it wasn't a real thing? But you know, uh, So, yeah, they've been keeping track of UFOs in some capacity since 1947. In 1947, the U.S. Air Force started Project Sign to study UFOs, and it folded, and there was a couple other smaller studies that all kind of merged together in 1952 to form Project Blue Book, which lasted until 1969, This is the most famous one and the big one that's in all the UFO conspiracies. Um, Yeah, it's just the big government agency, men in black sort of deal. Mm -hmm. But uh, during its operation, Blue Book cataloged more than 12,600 sightings of UFOs, and of those, 701 remain unidentified. Wow.
1: I mean, that's not a lot out of the total.
0: Yeah, but it's not an insignificant yeah. number. Um, what is that like five percent?
3: Something like
0: that, yeah. 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 I can't map. Yeah. And it's not important. But yeah. Uh after Project Blue Book folded, uh other incidents were reported and kept track of, but they didn't have like the big formal almost like an agency devoted to it sort of deal, you know? Uh National Archives kept track of some of this stuff, but uh, nothing on the same scale. Or at least that's what they tell us. You know, all of these were secret programs at one point. Well, in June of 2021, the Pentagon announced that beginning in 2004, the U.S. intelligence community, well, since 2004, I should say, the U.S. intelligence community has recorded 144 encounters of unidentified aerial phenomena, and they released a report that admitted a UAP task force existed, and that they study these phenomena, and of the 144, they have only been able to identify one with confidence.
3: One.
0: And 18 of these incidents, uh, they detected, quote, "unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics." Some UAP appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. In a small number of cases, um, they were detected using, like, they, so yeah, that discernible means of propulsion, end quote. So, yeah, they, they got all sorts of stuff about how they're detecting it so that they are actual objects in the sky. They're not just misfires of machinery or whatever. But uh, the port is only like nine pages long. Mm -hmm. And it prompted Congress to convene committee hearing about this type of stuff. And in May of 2022, the Intelligence Committee had a meeting about UAPs And it was the first time, well, it was the first public hearing on UFOs or WAPs, I guess is what. (laughs) UFOlogists? Wapologist?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wap? Uh,
0: But- We're moving on. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Bad joke. Okay. Uh, But yeah, since 1969. um, And actually, it was then-Congressman future president, Gerald R. Ford, that headed the last committee. but. That's just a little tidbit. Um, What's notable from these hearings is that the number of unidentified aerial phenomena reported increased from 143 to almost 400. And there's a bunch of videos, you know, that have gone viral online that you can see and stuff of all these incidents. But, yeah... That's the current situation.
3: Hmm. i got some some thoughts.
0: Some thoughts? Please. Yes.
3: I have two. Um, I have one comment and one question. Okay. And so my comment is the most convincing, like, alien story that I've ever heard is uh, there's a storytelling channel on YouTube called Mr. Ballin that y'all should watch. Because, like, he has such a soothing voice, you know? <laughs> like, it's, he tells all kinds of stories, like, literally everything. From scary to, like, history people, like, from famous people and, and like, literally everything.
2: Okay. And he told
3: this one story that I don't remember the name of, but it's probably easy to find. Um, about this group of guys. That was I think it was, like, a group of workers. They were in a work truck. They were doing whatever that made them go in a forest. And long story short, one of them got abducted and the other four, like, saw it happen, pretty much, and all of their stories, like, they were immediately separated and, like, interviewed separately, and all of their stories matched because they had no time to, like, actually, you know, get together and, like, form a lie or whatever, so all of their stories matched. The guy that supposedly got abducted was missing for, like, two months, and he just showed up in the woods somewhere, and... All of these people, like, they did, like, so many rounds of lie detector tests. And they all passed. Even the alien abduction guy passed. And, like, you know, there's there's so much credit in lie detector tests, I know. But but to do it that many times, and they always stuck with their story. And, like, if you ask them today, because they're still alive, they hate talking about it. It's, like, a PTSD kind of thing for them. They get really sad and really, like, just, just do not want to talk about it. Because it just kind of ruin their lives and their careers and so that it's a really good re- honestly really convincing video huh. about that I, I remember showing it to my dad that you know he's very, yeah. he's very uh, doesn't believe in that kind of stuff and he's like after the end he's like oh, okay, okay. I'm like alright that's, that's something um, but then again the entire literally the whole story could be fake that, that's also an option but I don't think it is because these people exist and they're alive today yeah and then, my, I guess my question is, I just, I can't, I can't get past it throughout this whole episode of like, his name is Jimothy
0: Carter? No, his name is not Jimothy yeah, Carter. Okay.
3: Because <laughs> okay. I saw that, I'm like, Jimothy.
0: No, I, it was just a joke. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if James is like his, like,
2: I think it's a nickname, but I can look it up. I thought Jimmy was his nickname, but James is his actual. Jimothy. I see what his birth name is or
0: his government name. Yeah, James Earl. Okay. But he, I, think
3: I he, no, I believe you because I just Jimothy. I guess I'm gullible like that. But I believe you. I'm glad I asked. So you just invalidated?
2: You just invalidated your previous story with the question about Jimothy. Okay.
3: <laughs> it's <true>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good story. to listen to it.
0: Uh, it's great I'll, I'll like tag a link into it if I find it
3: yeah I'll find the title of it it's it's probably like it's, it's something along the lines of like most convincing alien abduction story yeah today or whatever but I yeah
0: have. yeah what do y'all think? have I convinced y'all?
3: you have
1: convinced me that the government is hiding something <sighs> mm. about this just because I know I've said it like three times already but Goddamn weather balloons. Like, (laughs) there's no way they have that many secret weather balloon projects. There's just no way. But, um, I don't think aliens have been visiting Earth. No. I I feel like if they had come, like, they would have... Like, if they were doing, like, espionage, like, alien scouting things... Uh That long ago, we would... I feel like we would have seen, like, a bigger... Visiting presidents well, but in the but
2: in the forty in 1948, we called them out, and so now they're hiding. They're hiding better. Oh, yeah. But also, okay. yeah. On um, my whole thoughts on aliens in general is just I forget who said it. It's like a Neil deGrasse Tyson or like a Bill Nye or something yeah. like that. One of oh, those guys Bill was talking about how the entire like history of literally everything is you know billions of years, and like humanity has has existed for a speck on the timeline. Like you know, not even like. You know, any significant amount of time and like actual like societies like that don't last for that long, or obviously yeah. take a long time to develop. And so, just the question of can two of them in even the vastest of space can two of them actually exist at the same time and communicate with each other? Yeah, no. like there could be one that's like twenty thousand light years away. So, what do we do? We send out communication, and then it takes forty thousand years to get back to us. Yeah. So She's like. A hot So, like, yeah, any of those radio waves that we sent out, you know, to to ask about people, whatever, like, if there is actually one, it's got to be so far away that they probably haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. And they're not going to until we don't even, either we don't exist or, like, it's a completely different society at that point. Yeah.
1: Well, also, like, why do we always assume that the alien civilizations that are out there, first of all, have technology that is so much better than ours, that even though we, we don't even know where they are... They somehow know where we are and can come and, like, look at us without us catching them. Why do we just assume that they have, like, better technology? Like, I mean, they could, but they could also have, like, technology not as developed because they could be at a different point or it could be, like, the same amount. Like, I believe that, yeah, there's aliens out there, but they don't know we exist. Like, they haven't found us. We haven't found them because the universe is just that big.
0: Alternatively, we just aren't interesting. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah there's another
2: there's another one that i heard it's like the, the cosmic in the same bus stop the, that where the yeah, yeah the cosmic bus stop where we the galaxy that just got left out because nobody thought like it would be interesting so like, like you gross humans live there we'll just go around <laughs> like there's a joke of like you know there's an interstellar travel but we just haven't got our bus stop yet you know they just don't want to build out in that part of town uh, yeah like, that's, that's us. Is everybody else is talking to each yeah, other. That's
3: exactly what I was thinking. we're just
2: kind of hiding out.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm glad I got to share this with y'all today. <laughs> uh, I'll close this out here. Thank y'all for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends about us. Uh, I'll leave links to photos and, like, YouTube videos and stuff about all these things for y'all to check out. Um, But our music is from Mountaineer. You can find their stuff and more on upbeat.io. And as always, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording on occupied land that rightfully belongs to the Utankahua, Comanche, Kiowa, and other indigenous peoples. If you have any questions, suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to say hi, you can reach out to us at History Spelunkers. That's history, S-P-E-L-U-N-K-E-R-S. At gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with me. Till next time, Bye bye bye. X Files
2: music. (laughs) That's it.